Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast coming at you at a bit of an emergency recording session. Uh, Today is Thursday, June 4th. Been a hell of a day, honestly. Uh, and we are going to cover all of that. Myself, Brandon, joined as always by Nick and Dan. Dan, back from his anniversary. Glad to see your smiling face again as you ran away to the woods of, where were you, Portland area? Uh, Bend, Bend, Oregon. So a little further outside. It was nice until we got hailed on six miles into a seven mile hike. Yeah. it's it. Was it just around the river, Bend? Oregon? Okay, Pocahontas. All Thanks. right. Well, <laughs> anyways, uh, that's what you get for being out in nature. She fights back, Dan, so intruders in her area. But anyways, we brought Joe Tweeds in for this one because Twitter blew up, Joe. Everything has been all about Timo Werner, the Red Bull striker out of Germany. Reports coming from everyone, Simon, Matt Law, Bleach Report, I don't know, everyone really, just saying. Mauricio Romano, come there on. There you go. You gotta I hit didn't even that see one. Alfredo Padula Here today. Here we go. <laughs> I'm sure he was involved. But anyway, tweets, everything was Chelsea and Timo Werner agreeing, personal terms, working on essentially his buyout clause, which is what, is it right around 40, 50 million? Yeah, I think it's about, I think it's 50 million euros. So whatever that is going to be in, in pounds, 45, 46 million pounds, something like that. Usually in sort of matters of this, they'll pay a little bit over the top to remove some of the other clauses or fees that are in there. So it'll probably be around 50 million pounds in terms of the fee they pay. I'm in. Obviously, in a couple, <laughs> in a, at about a week or so, his 
clause will go away and now his value will be whatever Red Bull wants to negotiate. So this is an opportune time, Nick, for Chelsea or any team to strike. We've, we've been in negotiations with players. We missed the deadline. Then their values all over the place. This would be a very cut and dry deal. And Chelsea seem to have snuck in according to the media reports, because he was as good as a Liverpool player as of 24 hours ago. Now, Liverpool all of a sudden have not made any contact with the player, or they've talked to the player, not with the club at all. They're asking for time, nothing official. Um, this is this is where it stands. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild that this came out a day after we published our first transfer pod in eons, um, where, where the Reverend Liam Toomey was was talking about he's as good of, as a Liverpool player. And, and, you know, frankly, that's all the news that any of us had really seen um, ex- outside of the agent Rudiger convinced me to come to Chelsea move. Um, so it, it's super interesting that it happened so quickly. And it feels, Joe, at least to me, like there was a lot of smokescreen around Chelsea and other targets recently that could have been kind of laying the groundwork for, for this to come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the, the thing that people will probably find sort of over this deal and maybe over the coming sort of weeks and months is that I think Chelsea have probably been one of the best teams at kind of strategically going after targets and as maybe callous as it is in sort of the current climate, I think they're sort of fully aware of their position in this current market we sort of briefly touched on sort of pre-pod, the sort of financial situation that Liv will find themselves in, the unlikelihood that City will will buy players this window due to the impending Champions League ban and scrutiny around their, their sort of transfer activity. Arsenal will probably have no money as, you know, that's a sort of typical Arsenal situation. And uh, Spurs have just taken, a, I think it's about £150 million loan for the Bank of England to sort of keep themselves going. So kind of with all that sort of in mind, you know, the sort of position that Chelsea find themselves in, particularly with that Alvaro Mata uh, Maratta money hitting the the bank account this summer. I think that they've just looked and gone looked at Liverpool and gone. You know what? I don't think they can actually pull this off. So all of sort of the the talk and all of the the you know kind of the the posturing and sort of the the you know the the mad sort of speculation that's been linking them there. I think the club have been sort of silently working in the background, a little bit like the Zeitch deal where they sort of came out of nowhere and just sort of pinched him. Um, I think they've probably been doing very similar. And yes, I think it's it's fair to say that Werner probably would have preferred to go to Liverpool. I mean, playing for Jurgen Klopp, probably the best German manager on the planet right now, playing a, a sort of style of football that very would much suit him. However, I think the, the sort of the appeal of, of Chelsea, both in terms of the kind of the, the structure of, of his contract that's on the table, sort of the, the ability for him to come and play straight away. You know, he's not competing against Mohamed Salah, Firmino and Mane, probably one of the most established front threes in world football to, to, for game time. Um, but also, again, I think that there is a little bit of an element that Frank Lampard maybe has a lot more pull than people originally gave him in terms of players. You know, Zayac has already sort of spoken about Lampard being a big factor. And I think a lot of this this group of young players between 18 and 25 have grown up with Lampard as a, as a sort of European icon in world football. They've seen what he's trying to do at the club, play young players, play an attacking style of football. And I think that that is also something that swayed him. But yeah, Chelsea moving very sort of surreptitiously. Something that we've we've seen in the past when they've sort of come out of the blue with these big moves, which is always really interesting for me to see how the club operates. So general rule of thumb, if Chelsea is sort of quiet and, you know, you've got journalists sort of taking a little bit of a scattergun approach in terms of who the target is, Chelsea probably are quite laser focused on who they want. And they're probably working quite silently in the background. So it was really nice to see, I think for many, a surprise that we sort of you know, oh, Chelsea might be in for him. Oh, it looks like they're in for him. Oh, hang on a minute, what's going on? And then sort of by sort of 4 or 5 p.m. in Europe, it was, oh, hang on a minute, he's signed. Um, 
very, very kind of typical Chelsea transfer these days. So yeah, it was very interesting to see how it unfolded. Wait, Joe, the fact that we were linked with like 15 to 20 to 30 players was actually just a distraction? Possibly, yeah. (laughs) I mean, look, good for Yan, all right? He's always got someone to talk about, and I love watching Yan's videos. Dembele, that Usimanan guy from... Like, everyone, right? Because it had seemed like this deal for Timo Werner was done. Like, there's no point in entering the race. The player wanted it. Liverpool wanted it. Like, it was just a formality. But... You know, Matt Law tweets, Timo Werner has agreed to join Chelsea. More to follow. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the tease, Matt. Like, yeah. let's get some well, details. Way to, way to slide that in there. Just straight I, with the info. Gosh. There Fabrice- are plenty of times, though, when you've like looked at something, you're like, man, I, I really want to go out and buy that. Or like, I want to have this thing. And then you open your wallet or you look at your checking out. Like, ah, oh, I, I can't afford that right now. I mean, as a Red Sox fan, I you know, I've seen the Fenway Sports Group, which you know, owns Liverpool, like sell off players and, you know, not be able to kind of resign or kind of go into some big extensions for, I think, some really talented players. And so I think Joe, (laughs) tears, right? (laughs) Tears of one World Series in my lifetime and not in my, you know, father's lifetime. Um, So like, that's, I guess, something to kind of consider too, is it's not just that Liverpool doesn't have the funds. It's actually their ownership group that is struggling across all of their sports. Well, yeah, I think that the... The telltale sign probably on Liverpool was was when they pulled this uh, investment for the new stand. You know, they had very publicly, you know, sort of started sort of leaking figures to local journalists and then to sort of journalists about this £60 million transformation of the uh, Anfield Road End or whatever the, the actual name of the stand is. So I think as soon as I saw them publicly kind of can that and then the furloughing of the staff and all of these sorts of things that kind of snowballed. That's when the the kind of I wouldn't say the rumours, but you know when we were speaking Brandon and I a little bit before you guys joined about the the signings that Liverpool have made since winning the Champions League. I mean there there were four of them, and I could I think I can name one of them. That's because he's got a bit of a, a bit of a strange name. But I mean, so you know the four signings they've made since you know winning the Champions League to capitalise on it have not been particularly great. And now you're coming into a situation where maybe they don't have as much money as people think they do, despite their position in the league, despite how well they've done in Europe. Um, and I think Chelsea have just sort of looked at it and gone, you know what, this is our time to sort of pinch a player from under someone else's nose for a change. So, yeah, I mean, the, the club have acted, I think, very, very intelligently. Again, you know, people can or maybe be, be annoyed at how how they're sort of flashing the cash during the, the current sort of times that we're living in. But, you know, sometimes you have to press home your advantage and, and it's not always the, the cleanest way of doing it. But as I say, if, if Timo Werner becomes a Chelsea player and, and scores 20 goals next season, I'm sure people will get over it very quickly. You don't say. Well, the other tweet, the big one that really caused ripples was Fabrizio Romano's. It says, Timo Werner is ready to sign his contract as a new Chelsea player until June 2025 on next days. Paperwork's time. Long, you know, He's English second language. We can forgive him. Uh, Liverpool have not sent any official bid to hijack the move. Chelsea will pay 55 million euros to RB Leipzig. Timo has already spoken directly with Frank Lampard, uh, to which McGleasy on the old Discord said, did anyone else have to change their shorts? That is how out of the blue and how strong this hit us. Like, I was just minding my own business working remotely today, and then the waves came crashing, and it was fantastic. So The waves came crashing? Isn't that what waves do? They they crash yeah. into the beach and you get pummeled by them. Anyways, 
Timo Werner, let me set the stage real quick. He is He's just turned 24 in March, so he's young. He has played well over 200 games in the Bundesliga, okay? He is a German international. He's been playing in the Bundesliga since he was 17, to give you some more context. And he's represented Germany at every level, uh, starting at U15. And he has 29 caps already. So he's a mainstay of a very good European, if not world team. Um, and honestly, he, he just... The only person that is kind of beating his pace right now is Kai Havertz. And, well, we all know how exciting he is as a player as well. So I just want to kind of give you that context before we go into it. So Shane asked, Aerith Muggle, D-Dorm, I want Joe limited to 60 seconds and the rest (laughs) of the episode consisting of unintelligible sounds of excitement, which I think we can all rally around. Right, like, anyone, yeah. Does anyone have Gary Very Neville easy. on the line? <laughs> <laughs> Just playing that sound oh, on oh, loop. Oh, <laughs> he's done it. Uh, I love it. And then Dan, I want you to ask your question to Joe because I feel like you have the emotional connection to this question. Well, so I will say I think we've talked about Timo Werner on this podcast multiple times over the past couple of years, and so. For this to finally be like inches away from being done, super exciting. Made my Thursday and uh, what I think we can all agree has been really tough times with everything going on. This was like a really like bright moment for a day that all Chelsea supporters really enjoyed, particularly watching Liverpool supporters just evaporate from the internet. Uh, <laughs> it was like the leftovers, but they took everyone who supports Liverpool off the planet. It was really amazing. Uh, but Joe, the real question that we have to get to is the era of Chelsea ruining football back. Love it's it. a good question. It's a very good question. Um, so part of me is imagining that during this lockdown, Roman Rome which is tucked away somewhere, you know, as billionaires do, probably on a yacht, probably in some big mansion somewhere. And he's looking at his wallet that hasn't been open for a little bit when it comes to spending players. He sort of has a look inside and, you know, he looks at his sort of American Express card, which is whatever colour the billionaire boys club card is, I suppose, in terms of American Express. And he goes, you know what? Let's have a little spend. And uh, yeah, I think that that has kind of been the catalyst for for this signing. I mean, obviously, the Zayek signing is fantastic. Um, add to that Timo Werner, that, say, that sort of that looks very, very likely now. And all of a sudden, you've addressed two of Chelsea's biggest issues from the season, which is real, real kind of intelligent creativity in the final third and goals. Both of them are big on goals. I mean, Zayek this season stepped down a little bit, but that's, I suppose, because Ajax are asking to be more of a creator than a, than a finisher. But traditionally, Zayek is a very good goal scorer and Werner is, is a phenomenal goal scorer. So, you know, straight away, this sort of simplifying the transfer targets. What do we need? Goals. Okay, let's just go and get players who score them. Then it serves, you know, sort of overanalyzing people and, and sort of making it more complicated than it is. But I, I think, I do think we're back. I don't think that we're done. Um, you know, all of the, all of the kind of news from the Matt Laws and the people that are a bit connected to the club seem to be hinting that Chelsea are are looking at signing another biggish player. So, you know, that's on top of Zayic, that's on top of Werner. It could be one of those summers that I think Chelsea fans maybe look back in a couple of years' time as sort of the the real beginning of a third era under Bramovich, particularly back to ruining football because the tears from Liverpool fans were so overjoyous today. I mean, it's one of those things that makes you really happy to see them. You know, you go on YouTube, there's all of these like, welcome to Liverpool, Timo Werner compilations that are suddenly disappearing. And it's annoying because I just want to watch the clips, you know, but I'm not really bothered about the Liverpool context. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a really, really fun day to see. And yeah, I, I only hope that we can go and sign another one or two really top players. And um, 
yeah, just to see the tears of other fans come back over uh, a little bit of Abramovich dusting off his uh, credit card. Well, I mean, we, we talk about strategy on the show a lot, right? And, and not just transfer strategy, but on-the-pitch strategy and, and the way that the, the club is being built right now from, from the Youth Academy up. Um, this signing is one of the, you know, Joe, you've, you've talked about this on the show a bunch of times, right? Is you have essentially filled your squad with as many youth players as are ready for the, for the first team. Yeah. And maybe even a couple who aren't quite ready, but are, are there or thereabouts. And then it allows you flexibility because their contracts and, and the lack of amortization on, on a fee allow you to go spend money. And both of the signings that we've made with uh, Ziyech and, and, and Werner are not like exuberant amounts of money either. Right. Uh, you know, I think that's the other thing that we're looking at is like sometimes strategies going where another person isn't, you know, and like, yeah. I think that's a thing that, you know, excites me about this one is like, we, we suffered for a little bit, suffered for a couple of windows, but then bam, you know, we're going where, where other teams won't and, and can't per your financial analysis. So that's, that's super exciting to me, man. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's interesting to see it, it happen so early, but you know, for people that maybe have not listened to some of the pods that we've done in the past, you know, the, the benefit of not having to buy squad players, the benefit of not having to go out and buy, you know, we come up with the Danny Drinkwater benchmark, the DDB, you know, that sort of 12 million pound a year how guy who's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, how can I forget? You know, the guy who cost the club 12, 12 million pounds a year, twice, you know, twice what Reese James cost the club. You know, the fact that we're not looking for that level of player just to fill the squad out or just to have someone rotate in, you know, that they're comfortable with people like, you know, Mason Mount sort of coming in and, and establishing himself. Maybe he becomes a rotation piece, maybe not. You know, Reese James establishing himself as a right back. There's plenty of, of, of people that have come in, Tammy, you know, this season to, and potentially Billy Gilmore as well now who've come in and really sort of made a claim for themselves. The fact that we no longer have to sort of worry about going in the market and getting, you know, Emerson Palmieri's, Zappa Costas, Drinkwater's, Bakayoko's. I mean, it's a real expensive list of players who are going to contribute absolutely nothing to Chelsea in the foreseeable future. So this sort of, you know, this philosophy of, of trying to get young players in allows you to go and buy, you know, Timo Verne, allows you to go and buy Zayic, but also leaves scope for Chelsea to go and buy another two, three players of that kind of quality this summer. I mean, one, one sort of, uh, you know, kind of season of not wasting money, the result is potentially adding three to five first first team starters, which is crazy to think when, when we've had such probably, you know, really bad recruitment over the past couple of years, but bar sort of a couple of standouts. So it's it seems to be an, a nice little changing tactic for us. Look, Ziyech for 33 million. Yeah, steel. Insane. Yeah. You know, Timo Werner, one of the if you if you admit it, one of the best strikers right now on form in Europe. Yeah. 50 million. And if you're telling me I can literally take the Maratta money and rub my magic lamp and turn that into Timo Werner. Like done, no brainer. Yeah. That seems like um, even in the That's COVID the upgrade button. That oh, is the geez. upgrade button. <laughs> it in COVID nineteen times too. So you just think about it. Like Chelsea are maybe starting to play a little bit of the long game. It seems like they did a lot of homework and were very prudent during our transfer ban to set themselves up to be strong financially. Now you add a global pandemic on top of that, where teams were not prepared. This this transfer ban is it almost is like a blessing in disguise. And then yeah. we transfer banned ourselves in January. <laughs> so like we 
at face value, because we have no inside knowledge of what it looks like at Chelsea, it looks like this ended up being, we have all this money coming out of this into this pandemic and everyone else is going down. And Chelsea haven't furloughed people. They've paid their playing staff. They've paid their, they've paid their club staff. They've been donating resources. Like right now, Chelsea seem to be like the mega club that everyone wishes they were. But realistically- Even today, there was the other announcement that uh, for season ticket holders, they could accept a refund. They can, you know, take the proceeds that Chelsea have claimed and put them towards, you know, actual donations to, you know, organizations that need funds right now, or kind of even put it forward. Like, you know, just in general, like this is just another reason to like love your club. Like Chelsea continue to do things right. Whereas you look at Tottenham taking a loan from the government, you look at Liverpool initially going to furlough people and then saying, oh, actually we won't do it. Like it's just an example that Chelsea have continued to find ways to do the right thing in what has been a really really tough time. So um, as we move into kind of breaking down Timo as a player, I just want to say the Metro reporting. So flags, right? Exclamation points! Like take it for what it is. <laughs> are reporting that they're gonna make they're gonna pay him two hundred grand a week, and essentially make him Chelsea's second highest paid player. So that's kind of like. The deal that even the Metro says Liverpool can't come close to offering that. And so Timo's like, well, if I want to go to London, I might as well get paid. And that's kind of how it has has worked around that. And uh, by the way, his release clause expires July 15th. So we do have some time, but we might as well just button this one up and, and bring him. Now, Joe, we're going to kick this off to you. So Gabriel on Discord says, and I think this is a good question for a a wide variety of people. He just says, I would love a breakdown on why we as Chelsea fans should be excited about this signing. Is he fast? Is he good on the ball? Basically what makes Timo Werner in such high demand? And again, I'm I'm not saying it's because Gabriel has no idea who this guy is. I think this is a really good baseline just to be like, who is Timo Werner? Why is he so highly rated? So I think from an analytics perspective, Werner has I think he has a non-penalty expected goals of like 0.83 which is utterly ludicrous (laughs) I mean it really I mean to be fair okay that is absolutely insane how how high that is um but even the season before he was like 0.52 0.55 which again taking up penalties one in two is is a really really good rate for for a striker who who sort of doesn't play as a sort of a traditional number nine so I think for analytics and you know you look at his shot volumes his his ability to create shots for himself and others, all of these sort of super important attacking metrics that, that seem to correlate with people that are good. Timo Werner is either leading in the Bundesliga or it's just Jadon Sancho above him. There's there's not a huge sort of difference between between the outputs of, of, of those players in terms of the, the expected goals and those sorts of numbers. Um, looking away from the numbers somewhat, I think that he... He is probably one of the the few players in world football that that just has you know sort of sprinter speed. He is one of the quickest players, um, both with and without the football. And I think you know for people that that are excited by by Chelsea playing with a bit more pace and a bit more directness, he certainly he certainly fits the bill there. But I think that the most probably the most distinct quality that he has is he is probably one of the best finishers I've seen in European football for the past couple of seasons. And by finishing, I don't just mean the fact that he can come through and score, but really, really top centre forwards. They have distinct finishes is when they when they they're kind of through in different positions. It was something that Thierry Henry was famous for, Nicolas Anelka, players that have that sort of that distinct shape and style when they shoot. 
And the positions that Werner seems to get himself into a lot is this kind of inside left channel. So, you know, kind of between the, the edge of the penalty area on the left-hand side and sort of the edge of the D, that sort of channel he's in there. Um, and you'll see him do two things, either wrap the ball around the goalkeeper's sort of uh, the goalie's left-hand side, so into the far right-hand corner, um, or power sort of near post. And that is with like unerring regularity that that happens. And I like seeing players that have that ability to just have that finish in their head. Um, often, you know, a lot of strikers overthink when they get through on goal, particularly one and one I think someone asked me a couple of days ago, like, which Chelsea player at the moment would you trust, you know, put all of your entire life savings and all of your families, you know, on beating a goalkeeper one and one And I couldn't really think of someone that jumped out. And I think that's where Werner comes in, is I think he would be our best finisher. In terms of Chelsea, for me, I don't think he's a centre forward at the moment. I think he's most likely going to play from the left-hand side. And I think all that all that you really want him to be tasked with is a scoring, linking up with Tammy Abraham, and generally providing a, a kind of threat in behind um, and someone who will, I think, drive right backs and right centre backs crazy with his movement in that channel. So I think really, really top player. I mean, everyone can see the goals and the assist he has this season. You know, I think it's like 35 in 41 games in total, or something absolutely ludicrous. Um, maybe that comes down in the Premier League. But I, st- I still think that this is a guy who is going to get a lot of goals at Chelsea, both in terms of stuff that he makes for himself, stuff that he gets on the end of, um, but just a, a player that has all of the athletic characteristics you want in a Premier League player with the finishing ability and the pedigree that I think you'll see of a, of a German international as well. So Nick, who scored has Timo Werner's characteristics as very strong at finishing, which is good for a forward, uh, <laughs> strong at holding onto the ball, strong at passing and key passes. So not only can he finish, he can create for someone he's with. Um, it just says his style of play. He loves the counterattack threat. I think that fits Chelsea. Likes to cut inside. Talks about why he might drift out to the left. Likes to play short passes and combine. Likes to dribble. If you take that stuff into consideration, I mean, whether or not Lampard wants to get rowdy and play a front two, or you play a front three, um, you know, or you play like that four, two, three, one, or, you know, two pinched in behind the way, whatever you want to do. It sounds like he offers some flexibility, but from just a play style, like, that shouldn't be a hard transition for this guy. Uh, I'm, I'm smiling because I'm imagining combinations such as the following. Ruben Loftus-Cheek to Werner to Abraham goal. <laughs> Pulisic drives in from the right, cuts across the goal, Werner goal. You know, Ziesch playing as a number 10, Werner, Abraham, some combination goal. Like, Ah, it's scary. I mean, and and what's what's funny about that is we are, or at least I am. I am still thinking of Tammy Abraham as our as our number nine, and I think it's a credit to him that I'm still thinking of him that way. Um, that you know, if Werner plays more frequently on the left and is able to kind of drive up as a second striker, and someone else drops back in a four three three or four two three one. There's a lot of positional flexibility there that I think would give right backs and right center backs absolute nightmares, Dan. I mean, like that's the, you you know, you take a Ruben Loftus-Cheek in a 4-3-3 and he advances up the field. You already have problems. Then you double your problems by passing out wide. Then you triple your problems. But it's just like, good luck with that. Well, there's the every goal that, Timo Werner has scored this season the Bundesliga video that we retweeted out from their uh, English account. And the amount of times that you see him from deep, almost at a standstill, 
accelerate and move past a defender is something to be really excited about. It's something that Tammy has been really good about, you know, just at, at pace, basically being able to kind of recognize, okay, I know the ball is going to get there so I can slow up for a bit and then completely blow past. If you have two or three or four players who can do that across your front three or your front four, am I, I don't want to be over excited or make an overstatement, Joe, but do but. you think Chelsea have gone into <laughs> comma but top top ten in world football in terms of a front three? What a projection, Timo Werner! What a projection! I, oh. love, I love that build up, and then yeah. Um, oh man! I, I, okay, I'll, I'll qualify it with this. I, I think if you look I at don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be positive here because I'm riding the crest of the the uh, the Thursday wave. Well, technically it's Friday here, but yeah, the Thursday wave. Um, I think that Chelsea now potentially have one of the best sort of under 23, 24 attacking setups in, in world football. You know, and I think, again, if you're looking at a, a group of players that are going to develop over the next few years and play in a certain style and play together, you know, by the time that these guys have had two, three seasons together, okay, so I will be sort of in the latter part of his, of his 20s, but certainly for, you know, Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi, Tamahi, uh, you know, Werner, et cetera, um, you know, they're going to be sort of mid-20s, I think the sky's the limit then, you know? And I think that the really important thing now is, is that certainly with, with Timo Werner coming in and, and Christian Pulisic being fit again, the amount of pace that Chelsea would have on the counter-attack is scary. You know, when we start playing, you know, against Liverpool and City and some of the bigger teams where we like to play on the counter, having those two up top, you know, instead of maybe William and Pedro <laughs> is a little bit different. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a different mentality as well. They both want to get in behind. They both want to attack the goal. Um, you know, I think certainly when we're playing on the counter, one of the things that we've seen a few times over the course of the, uh, the, the kind of the Wedro, as I like to call them, the hybrid of William and Pedro, the Wedro era, um, is, is that they do like to, to sort of slow the game down occasionally. You know, we see, like William likes to slow it down and then sort of speed it back up again. So I think it'd be nice to just see Chelsea counter and then and Werner and Pulisic just going behind, use that pace, stretch teams. Um, so yeah, I think I just think it's it's really exciting to see. I, I'm super glad that the club has has looked at an opportunity that, you know, that's kind of been presented to itself through, you know, inopportune circumstances. And actually, I think that the sign is going to make Chelsea an incredibly, uh, incredibly efficient team up front. Even if he scores 15 goals next season, that's like infinitely more than what we've had from, from Wedrow over the past couple of seasons. So I think, I think it's just all round in terms of what he's going to add to us, not just sort of pace and the, the, that kind of threat that he has, but his actual finishing ability and his ability to score goals will be huge. You know, the, the goal that I'm seeing, Brandon, really quick, is the goal that we, the, the William goal against City in 2016. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Yep. Uh, because the, the speed is going to be tough. And if you get Pulisic, you get, I mean, by the way, Ziyech isn't slow. No. Um, no. You know, you, know you, you, you look at some, you know, when Cal, when Cal gets going, Cal can go. Um, yeah, Hudson. I mean, it's a really you know, quick front four. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just you know, pick your poison on on who to stop with that. And, and if Tammy gets stronger and is able to hold the ball up, he's never going to be Diego Costa body style, right? But like, if he's able to make that key pass, there is a ton going on there. So again, uh, Timo Werner's twenty nine appearances in the Bundesliga, twenty five goals, seven assists. <laughs> A goal every 96 minutes. In the Champions League, he has eight appearances, four goals, two assists, contributing a goal point, you know, uh, 
three out of every four games. Plus a goal versus Spurs in the Champions League too. Cool. So you already know how to score against Spurs. Sign him up. And he plays in the German Cup. Three appearances, two goals, three assists. So he is a cons- like I'm just painting a picture of consistency. And there's nothing more valuable in world football than a consistent goal scorer. You need it. We we've missed it ever since Diego's left. We felt a good upswell with Tammy and Pulisic and Jorginho and Barkley and everyone kind of chipping in this season. Alonzo. <laughs> but we <laughs> didn't but the we goat. didn't have the 20 goal striker. Timo Werner is far and beyond that. Real real quick, but so just to just to pin though. I think that people are going to look at this, Joe, and be like, okay, like Chelsea are back. We're going after big name players. I think we can say that this puts to bed fully the idea of Jaden Sancho transitioning probably to Chelsea and then to the Premier League, at least this window, correct? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I'm not painting a picture of false hope here, but just to, to sort of give a little bit of context on the situation. So, Jaden Sancho has essentially come out and told Borussia Dortmund that he will not sign a new contract. I think he has two years left on his contract. Um, if they let him play next season, and he's obviously in his final year, they won't sell him. He will. He will play. You know, he'll probably play two seasons at Dortmund. I think a club will convince him to get to January, and then they'll try and tie him on a fee. A fee uh, sorry, a free transfer in January. So you know, he might be in Germany for a little bit longer. But I mean, it's, if you're, you know for three, four months from August to January, whatever, you're not going to pay £120 million for the privilege of sign of, of getting someone in four months early. Most teams won't. Maybe Manchester United are crazy enough and will do it. But I would imagine most teams are not going to pay that sort of money for a player that they can sign in a couple of months. So I think this window, you know, for all of kind of Dortmund's posturing, this is the window that they would like to get, not get rid of Sancho, but this is the one where they'll have the opportunity to capitalise on the hype around him. You know, he's got an insane, just a ridiculously insane level of production this season. Um, but I think if they let him get into the final year of his contract, they'll find that teams, a little bit like uh, Hazard, you know, the sort of money we got for him, maybe it would have been a lot more had he been, had two years left on his deal, for example. Um, so I'm not sure if the COVID situation is really paying to their strengths because, you know, they, they wanted, I think the fee, the highest I saw it was 140 million pounds, went to 120, it's 100 million euros. I think today there was a rumour that Manchester United bid 70 million euros for him. So it, it's shrinking kind of by the day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if you know if if anyone kind of goes to bat for for Sancho and tries to take him. This will be the the summer to, to do it potentially only for a handful of clubs, and then I think next summer um, Dortmund will be absolutely panicking because you know I mean again I, I can't see anyone paying anywhere near the sort of money that they they potentially would have got for him if this uh, season had been a little bit more normal. So yeah, I'm not going to say it's completely completely not there. Um, I still think that he'll stay in Germany. I think that you know it's probably in his best interest of his of his own career to stay there one more year and then sort of move and get a slightly better deal for himself. But you know, I wouldn't put it past Manchester United to see that Chelsea are starting to move a bit in the market, realizing that they need to close the gap on us while we're trying to close the gap on those above us, and that they probably see Jonas Sancho as the route back to doing that. So I wouldn't put it past them, but. Yeah, I mean, for, for the, the money that Dortmund won, I find it very unlikely unless they compromise on that quite significantly. Well, this Who Scored article was, you know, citing a lot of sources and stuff, but it says, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Bayern Munich were also stated as being the hands-down home of Timo Werner. No idea why that's gone away, but I'm not going to, I don't want to know. I just want it to go away. 
Uh, Manchester United, Joe, we're also monitoring him as you're talking about Manchester United trying to reclaim their glory days. Um, but they dropped out because they decided to extend Odeon Igalo's loan. So, Naturally, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, you tell exactly you, what you do if you want to play. Yeah, are you, say, are you saying you wouldn't do that? They're I basically mean, the same player, to be fair. So, what? I get it. Did he even? Anyways, whatever. It, to me, if Chelsea sign a player that Liverpool, United, Bayern were genuinely interested in, this is a sign of strength and a and intent from the yes, club. One hundred percent. And I think. That's what I'm taking out of it just as much as everything. Now, it hasn't been done yet, but it doesn't mean we can't react and get excited and say, if this does come off, everything that's preceded in this conversation is completely valid and, and relevant. And I think that's the most exciting part. We probably wouldn't have done this for extending an Odeon Igalo's loan spell. <laughs> I don't think we would have jump to an emergency pod. This is the type of level of signing that Chelsea potentially are getting. So anyways, uh, before we go, though, Big Nash and Mr. Thurman, Nick, they've got they've got a bit of a challenge for you because as he self-proclaimed nickname master, uh, Big Nash says, we have Tam Tam for Tammy, Tom Tom for Tamori. Is it Tim Tim for Timo? If not, what cool Nick name would you give our new signing? And Mr. Thurman, wow. it is your birthday. I will give you a shout out, but I will not read your nicknames. I apologize. <laughs> it's for you, my man. I'm doing Tom you a favor. Tom Tom was like a web extension back in like, we don't need that. Um, <laughs> it's actually like a GPS. Tom Tom was, yeah, it was oh, GPS. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. I was thinking of Duck, Duck, Go then uh, or some, or one of those things. Um, ask Jeeves. <laughs> so you ask a fake butler to Google things for you. Ask Jeeves is like what Manchester United's the department is using to find players. Yeah. Like that's how advanced they are. Who is it. good 2020? <laughs> yeah, it's it's Jerry from Parks and Rec going to Alta Vista to search his. That's his the email. one, Alta Vista, yeah. <laughs> yes. You've got, you know, he's fast, the Werner Burner. Ooh, okay. Okay. There's something there. There's something there. Timo. Timo, Timo, Timo. Thurman had something about like Timon and Pumbaa. With Timo. Yeah, that was, the, that that was, was where stretch. my brain That was, yeah, that was where my brain went. Either way, I'm excited to get him in the kit. I'm excited to see the photos, him and Marina, socially distanced, signing the contract. Just a distance handshake. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe via Zoom. They like do that thing where like... The TNT... <laughs> one for Tammy and Timo is probably that's that's kind of my favorite. The only problem with that is that is too simple. As Joe said, we're gonna attack with six. All right. So this yeah. this is gonna be T T P W. By the way, TNA is not gonna TNA is not gonna be it, Mr. Thurman. Sorry. I I see where you're going with that, but I don't I don't know if that's gonna be the one. I will Allow me to get back to you, Mr. Mr. Thurman and Big Nash. Allow me to get back. Before we uh, before we disembark, I think we should ask Joe, what's the next next area of immediate need? Jeez, what's you the just next don't give up tonight. Pod? You, oh, no, you give not. Dan an inch, he's taking late, a mile tonight. He's like, Chelsea, you're back, ruining football, greatest <laughs> team in the Europe. Now who else? Inject it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, next uh, next position that we do an emergency pod on, what do you think it is? I think, oof, okay, so my preference would be to get a left back in next. 
I think get a left back in, get your full back sorted, and then I'd be comfortable about the the back four going into next season. Um, but I, I feel certainly looking at all of the rumours that are swirling around that Chelsea are after another attacker, and it could be a big one as well. So, you know, it could be an emergency pot for Chelsea signing another uh, relatively stellar sort of name as well. So, if we get two big names in this window, it will be absolute pandemonium on Twitter and it will be absolutely hilarious as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. The ruining football is back and it's, it's always better on social media. It's a good yeah. look for Chelsea. Not a lot of teams can pull it off. Like Newcastle, they were going to like, hey, we're going to ruin football. You're like, yeah, we don't know. You have, mm. nah, that's not your thing. <laughs> this is our thing. Let us do it. All right. Anyways, yeah, you can you can have Ross Barkley for forty eight million, um, <laughs> and that's just that's just never mind. Um, all right, a lot to come, obviously, but when you see Matt Law tweet so matter of factly about a about a signing, you feel good enough to make a, a, a video, an emergency pod. So, Joe, thank you for staying up into the very early hours of the morning. I'm glad your work schedule aligned to give us this opportunity, sir. So thank you for that, Nick. And and stop taking your shirt off and running down the streets in Denmark, okay? Just to keep it cool. We saw the reports. Yeah, keep <laughs> it cool, man. Jeez. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will try to do that. Yeah, and and quickly before we go, I just want to give you guys a shout out for. I mean, all of the stuff you've been doing for the uh, the Black Lives Matter charities over the past. Uh, couple of days it's been incredible to see and obviously the amount of money you guys have raised in such a short period of time is it gives me a bit of more hope from uh, from what's been a pretty tough sort of week and week and a half so yeah really really credit to you guys for doing that it's fantastic look we're just the uh the common factor amongst a ton of amazing people right we just put out the call so many people without hesitation stepped up and answered and we couldn't be happier joe to to you know, have so many like-minded, um, selfless people that happen to be Chelsea fans in our community. And we are so blessed. And so, yeah, I, I, I will accept it and then share it around as it should be. So appreciate that. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Um, 40 minutes later, Timo Werner to Chelsea. Let's effing Timo Werner to Chelsea. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Timo Burner. To be determined, like. Nick. I'll buy a drink and help get the creative juices flowing. I have a driver that's a, a burner. It's a tailor-made burner. So I like their I like that. I can't wait I like for uh, you back at the driving range just yelling Timo Burner. Timo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chelsea fans, we'll let it wrap us up. Uh, you'll be hearing from us soon. Hopefully, we have some more emergency pods to release. By the way, the transfer window is not even open, and we've already got Ziesh and potentially Werner. So uh, things are looking up. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do? Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>